When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, This man, I'm sure, is walking on cloud nine. It's not every day that you get voted the 19th most powerful person in Australian basketball. A Herald Sun story has him exactly that spot, just one spot below our boss, Hutchie. So Chris Anstey, one of our basketballing greats, the three-time NBL champion, NBL MVP, former NBA player, uh, and just an all-round good bloke, has been good enough to jump on. Hello, mate. (laughs) How you going? It's it's too kind. I'm not sure how they come up with... uh that type of a list, but it's uh, no, it's nice to be doing some things that are impacting some people. Uh, well, look, you, you can only just accept the accolades that come your way, Chris Anstey, with the fine work that you're doing, and we're going to get to some of that uh, in just a moment. Um, and you're with us, thanks to Lauren X Cleaning, Google Lauren X Cleaning today. Um, the NBL last night, there was a big build-up um, to this game, and, and Brisbane really needed to, to get a win here if they were any chance of staying in touch um, with that top six, but uh, Adelaide got the chocolates. They came from behind. How did you see the performance from the 36ers? Yeah, it just worked them like, and I think for a team like Adelaide, who's got to win those close games where perhaps they don't play as well as they, they could or when they're missing key players like Mitch McCarron to get a win like that, to put themselves in the top six and, and in that playing position is really important as they integrate Ian Clark into the team. So I think it's a really important win for them. For Brisbane, uh, look, they look like they've settled a little bit, but it's you know, a little too little too late. Their, their season's done. Um, you know, they're going to be on the outside looking in when playoffs come around. And look, they've just been really disorganised this year. They've made some bad choices away from the basketball court, and I think that's just trickled down. So, look, it's, it was an interesting game. It's always tough to win games this time of year when you've got holiday season and family out doing what they do and celebrating the season and you're sort of locked into to doing your job. So big win for Adelaide and just another loss for Brisbane to, to add to their tally for the year, unfortunately for them. Christmas Day basketball, Chris Anstey. I loved it. It seemed that the people did as well. 7,000 there and over 300,000 watching. What was your take on Christmas Day NBL? Exactly that. I loved it. I, I sat and I watched it with my family. Um, I'd, I'd probably add my name to the list of people who are appreciative of, of the players and not only the players, I think that's a really easy one to be grateful for, but the, the staff, yeah. whether they, you know, the basketball court, the, the, the arena staff, all these type of people who need to work on Christmas day. But at the same time, let's not forget the teams that play on Christmas Eve, who don't get to travel back until Christmas lunchtime or the ones who play on boxing day, who travel on Christmas day and, all those teams are away as well, probably not as noticeably obvious, but just to be in the you know, the forefront of that as a sport, to play a game on Christmas Day. I'd, I'd love to see two games next year. I'd love to see the Melbourne teams play each other and the New South Wales teams play each other and take away a little bit of the travel uh, for the players and the staff and, and, and keep them in state and you know, be able to settle in on Christmas evening, watch two back-to-back NBL games with our family and friends and you know, if you're like me and most people who listen to this station, I think might be that we're always looking for some sport to watch on television. And this yep. Christmas Day, uh, the NBL was the only choice we had. And I think the number of viewers who watched reflected that we wanted something on TV. And 
supported it with great numbers. There's an appetite, that's for sure, um, for it. And and here's the thing, like in all things in life, Chris, if you're not a fan of it and you don't want it to happen, you've got a very clear choice. You just don't have to watch it. But you shouldn't be so vocal in denying other people the opportunity <laughs> to do so, I would have thought. Couldn't agree more. It's a little bit like social media. If you don't like it, don't read it. If you don't yes. want it to be on television, you don't have to turn it on. But uh, you can still always watch reruns of A Christmas Miracle or something like yep. that. Yep, absolutely. Um, hey, Sydney Kings, the latest standout is their best competition, best, and who are the genuine contenders in and around them? Yeah, they are. Um, and I've been really, really impressed, like most people, with New Zealand and Cairns this year. And their sustained you know, great performances have probably surprised me a little bit, as Tasmania's did last season. But Sydney remained the standout. And for me... Look, I really think the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix might be, if they're at full strength, may provide the biggest challenge to the Sydney Kings. They've got great depth. They've got great imports. You know, Mitch Creek's one of the top handful of players in the league mm. at the moment. Uh, they defend really well and they can score the basketball. So, yeah, they've sort of flown or performed in the shadow of Melbourne United since they've come into the league. And I think this is the year that, United look like missing the playoffs. So they'd need to win at least six of their last eight games to, to, to get in. Um, it could be Phoenix's year for, for basketball in Melbourne to, to really give these playoffs a shake. And I sort of see them as the greatest threat uh, to Sydney at the moment. With an asterisk next to Adelaide, I'm not sure how that'll all fit with Ian Clark in and a full roster. They've certainly invested heavily in making sure they make a run at the championship this year and They've got the talent to do so, but uh, look, I'd love to see New Zealand and Cairns remain competitive. I just feel that when it really gets down, or you know, the teams who've been there before, mm. you know, there's probably a little bit of, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think you can win one first time around. I think that that, that experience that the other teams have had might hold them in pretty good stead. Uh, it's been a massive uh, week in the NBA. Luka Doncic, the first player to do a 60-20-10 game. And we've got Dyson Daniels and Josh Giddy playing really well. Josh Ingles, uh, Joe Ingles is back out there playing uh, as well. So there's so much positive to talk about from the NBA. But uh, then we get uh, what happened uh, with Detroit um, and Orlando. Mo Wagner uh, starting that all-in brawl and then copping one to the back of the head. How did you view that? I, I'm not across it as much as probably what it should have been. I've seen the highlights. But you never want to see that. And I, I probably what I would say is that instead of talking about that element of it, I, I think the way they handled it, it historically, <laughs> the Palace of Detroit was the scene of probably the biggest all-in yep. brawl that became dangerous of all time. And many people may have seen the Malice in the Palace documentary, and you could you could hear the court announcer encouraging people, urging people to stay in their seats, yes, make sure they don't leave, they'd be arrested if they left. And I think. You clearly they've been talking about that for years and years now. And to have a situation like that's disappointing. But to handle it as well as they did, um, I think was really positive for the Detroit Basketball Club. So good good job to them. D- disappointing to the players involved. But uh, at the end of the day, it could have been a lot worse. And you know, there are a lot more positive things to talk about in the NBA, as you just mentioned, with, with the Australians and some of the performances going on, like Luka Doncic's historical night a couple of nights ago. Well, one of the positive things that's uh, going to be happening very soon, uh, you have just returned from the US, where I'm sure you've just been tying up loose ends of something incredibly exciting. We've had Shaq out there this year. 
Um, but you being an import uh, and an international player in the NBA are going to bring out a man that may lay claim to being the greatest ever import into the NBA, although Luca's coming for his title. And ironically, it's a man who led the Dallas Mavericks to a title. He's coming to Australia next month. Dirk Nowitzki is coming. You're bringing him out here. Tell us about all this, please. Exactly that. We, you know, we've jumped into this space since COVID and we toured Josh Giddy around, which was a no-brainer. You know, we've played with his dad and, you know, was is great and Josh is a great kid. And we got, we convinced Luke Longley to speak publicly for the first time in October. <laughs> that would have been the hardest of all. <laughs> it was fantastic. And yeah, but I just reckon it's a little bit different. We, we, we get a little bit of time with him that the messaging was great. And when you look at someone of high profile with an incredible story to tell and Someone who's willing to, to spend a lot of time uh, you know, with the people that they come across. Dirk was top of my list, and you know, he's about to become a, a Basketball Hall of Fame member. He's just had his statue unveiled in front of the Dallas Arena, and as you said, in my mind, he's clearly one of the, if not the greatest non-American basketball player in the history of the game and someone who's revolutionised the game. And to get some insight in, into how he's, you know, training processes were how his mind, how his mindset was as he went through that. And I played with him his first year in the league, and you just wouldn't have picked it 25 years ago. He, yep. he turned up in a Dallas. He was homesick. He, he didn't perform very well, but geez, he trained hard and he did it really, really unconventionally. So look, he'll he'll come and share some of those training drills on court with the kids in Melbourne on January 10th. We'll, we'll put him in a a big room and he'll tell his story on January 11 in Melbourne and January 18 in Sydney. We'll have plenty of time for Q&A, but I think, you know, most importantly, and, you know, we didn't have anything to do with Shaq when he came out and it was incredible to get him in the country, but I do know there are a lot of disappointed people yeah. who, who missed out on, on meeting Shaq. And look, we're, Dirk's really keen to make sure that the people who have paid to meet him do who've paid for a photo or an autograph get that hey chris where the ad break's going to crash us here and i hate to be so rude but just give us the website so people can get the info and get their tickets yeah the easiest way is just to go to chrisanstey.com.au follow follow your nose to the events and you'll find them love your work my friend thanks for joining us greatly appreciate it